Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Every year we begin the season of Lent by gathering in church to have ashes imposed on our foreheads. Christians have been doing this, historians tell us, since at least the 6th century when the practice began in Gaul. In a few moments, you too will be invited to become a part of this history by coming forward to receive your very own smudge of ashes. As you approach the altar, I will press my thumb in a small container of burnt palm fronds and gently outline a cross on your forehead. And as I do, you will hear me say what pastors and priests have for centuries said on this day. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Why is this day so focused on ashes? On one level, the ashes bespeak our frailty. Much as we want to deny our contingency, when we look at each other with ashes on our heads, we are compelled to remember that we are creatures who in fact die. To dust you shall return, God says to Adam and Eve, in the third chapter of Genesis. As terribly important as our lives seem to us, from the perspective of eternity, they are of little consequence. 
or at least would be, but for the grace of God. We are born, we live, we die, just like millions and millions of people have before us, and just like millions will after us. The ashes remind us of this truth. Yet the point of ashes is not to dwell morbidly upon death. Paradoxically, it is just the opposite. By embracing our mortality through the symbolism of ashes, we are invited to regain an appreciation for the sheer giftedness of life. We did nothing to deserve this life, and yet, by God's grace, here we are. In confronting the fleetingness of our lives, we come to see anew how blessed we are just to be, and how precious is our time together. The ashes on our foreheads teach us reverence for life and gratitude for what we have been given. To acknowledge and accept our mortality in these ways is not easy in a culture that on most days wants to deny death and is obsessed with chasing after youthfulness and invincibility. We Americans in particular exude such confidence in human progress that we seem sure that we're just one medical breakthrough away from conferring immortality upon ourselves. Although I'm sure God appreciates our industry and optimism, Today, God throws cold water on our arrogance, reminding us of our place in the universe, that God is God and we are not, and that all the accomplishments in the world will not save us from becoming dust. Only God will. The ashes on our forehead also help us to confess. It was common in ancient Israel for people to wear sackcloth and to mark their forehead with ashes to express sorrow for their own failings and to seek the forgiveness of the community. The early Christian church adopted and transformed this Jewish practice as a means of marking the Lenten season of repentance which is also why the deeply penitential Psalm 51 has always been the spoken centerpiece of the Ash Wednesday liturgy. This, too, is a countercultural thing to do. The Episcopal preacher Barbara Brown Taylor is surely right when she says that, unlike Christmas and Easter, quote, we never need fear the commercialization of Ash Wednesday. Hallmark will never spend much money on research and design for a death-focused liturgy, and shopkeepers are not likely to dress their windows in sackcloth and ashes. And there is no apparent danger that repentance will ever catch on with the culture at large, especially since it does not even sell all that well in church, end quote. 
And yet we engage in this counter-cultural practice of wearing ashes and confessing our sins because we know deep in our hearts that we are broken people. Try as we might, our lives do not fully reflect what God intends for us. We say we want to be faithful, but doubts secretly plague our hearts. We say we want to be charitable, but we keep more than we need. We say we want to love others, unless, of course, the other is not one of us. We say we want to be hopeful, yet cynicism is so much more fun. We say we want justice, so long as we don't have to give anything up or inconvenience ourselves. The list of our shortcomings goes on and on and on. Just like death, sin is one of those things we'd rather deny. Most of the time, we wear masks in a vain attempt to hide this truth from ourselves and from others. We like to keep our sin a secret. But of course, God is not fooled. By putting ashes on our foreheads this day, we open ourselves up to the clarity of God's gaze and to the truth that he sees through our deceptions. With ashes on our foreheads, we say to each other, see, I'm broken too. Here again, the point of such confession and repentance is not to wallow in just the contrary. The aim of such self-examination is to be liberated from that which imprisons us. For the good news is that God comes to those who are broken. He comes to those who seek mercy. He comes to those who open their hearts and tell him their secrets. It turns out that what God wants from us is not perfection, or moral rectitude, but rather honesty and faithfulness. One way to think of the ashes on our foreheads, then, is to see them as our first step toward the recovery of wholeness, as we acknowledge to ourselves and to the world in raw honesty that we are helpless in the face of our sins. But the good news, of course, is that even though we may feel helplessly lost in our brokenness, in Christ we have already been found. This truth, too, is reflected in the ashes we wear, because the ashes we use today are not just any old ashes, but rather they are the burnt remains from the palm fronds that we used during Palm Sunday last year. The very palms with which we welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem on his way to the cross. By placing these ashes on our foreheads, we connect our lives quite palpably to Jesus' passion, to both his death and his resurrection. 
And we are reminded that the Lenten path of repentance, forgiveness, and transformation that we begin today is not an easy one, for it is one that leads to and through the cross. We punctuate this truth by imposing the ashes on our foreheads in the sign of the cross, the same sign we make on our foreheads at baptism. By being signed with ashes today, we are thus drawn not only into the passion story, but also into our own baptisms, where in addition to being cleansed by its waters, we were sealed with holy oil in the sign of the cross and marked as Christ's own forever. The ashes we wear today point us back to our baptismal promises and the power and freedom we were then given to seek and serve Christ in all persons, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and to strive for justice and peace among all peoples. Now, as compelling as all of this religious symbolism is. There is a danger here, too, a danger that Jesus speaks about in today's Gospel reading from Matthew. And the danger is that we will mistake the outward signs of our piety with the inward reality of Christian transformation. Jesus cautions us that the public performance of religious ritual is not what Christian disciples is about. Ashes on the forehead do not a Christian make. True piety lies not in the outward manifestations of how loudly we pray, or how ostentatiously we give, or how noticeably we fast, or how proudly we show off our smudged foreheads. True piety lies in a heart that is transformed by God's love so as to serve others. But that having been said, when observed with humility and thoughtfulness, religious rituals offer us a tangible focus for nurturing such transformation. We see this in all those holy things that mark the Christian life the waters of baptism in which we are given and feel new life, the bread and wine of the Lord's table, which we eat together as a Christian community, and yes, the ashes of Ash Wednesday that we wear on our foreheads. In short, approached faithfully, ashes can be an outward and visible sign of an inward grace, for they help us to remember our mortality, yet be grateful for life. They encourage us to see virtue and humility, assured that God loves us even as dust. They prompt us to repent of our failures, yet be heartened by God's forgiveness. They invite us to participate with fear and trembling in the passion of the cross, yet with the confidence that Jesus has gone before us. 
And most of all, these ashes remind us that we have been marked indelibly as Christ's own in baptism and that we are his forever, holy, beloved, blessed. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.